Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I went to my car and I cried, how are we going to do this? How do we keep our family safe? There's Jesse, Nettles, Purdy, and I'm actually planning a wedding for the goats at Halloween. We're all in the war. We're all in the war now. You know, they're here. We're looking after them, and rightly so. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.com. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96 FM. Oh, he's just a gift that keeps on giving. Um, I know we're not talking much about him on the show. I have mentioned him once or twice. But, but your man Bork has turned up again this morning at the school, uh, driven there by, by his dad. For goodness sake. Anyway, to better things. What a day at Oscar nominations yesterday. We'll talk about it later with Crossy. But I was thinking that uh, you might not know the answer to this, and yet you might. Who is the Irish person who has won the most Oscars in the history of Oscardom? Who has won the most in Oscar history? Just think about it. Send me in your own particular thoughts on who you think it might be. I don't think anybody will get the answer. It's probably not who you think it is. We'll come back to it. We'll talk to Crossy later on in the morning. See does, see does he know. Good morning to you. 0818 96 96 96. The number, the text or WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. The email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Also, later this morning, it's dragging on so long now. I'm going to throw it open to the floor and see what you think about Tommy Tiernan and Emer O'Neill and that ongoing controversy about a joke that is no longer in Tommy's show. He took it out. I want to know what you think about that. But first of all, I need to speak to to Andrew because Andrew, first of all, can I ask? And I know it's a it's a horrible, horrible condition that you have. How how are you? Good morning. Hi, PJ. Thanks very much for having me on the show. Um, everybody asks me how I'm doing, so I normally say I'm doing okay. But to be honest. I'm not doing very well um, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, last October, I was diagnosed with motor neuron disease, and I'm only 43. God. Um, and it, I only kind of developed symptoms last April. Um, at the time, last October, um, not to say that my diagnosis was rosy. I have, a, I have a rarer form of it, and it was supposed to progress slowly. But just last Thursday, when I went to see my consultant again, they've, they're surprised at the rapid decline. Um, over the last uh, nine months or so. Um, so it seems like it's progressing much faster than they, they expected. So um, I'm not too sure how much, how much longer I have left, to, okay. to be brutally honest. Okay. Unlike poor old Charlie Bird, your speech is not affected, which is a great thing. So how 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 is it affecting you? So I, I have a slightly different version, and I'll, I'll probably get the technicalities wrong, but I have lower motor neuron. Um, that, that's what it, what's, what's affected with me. So my mobility will go first. So... You know, and the problem my right leg in April, and that spread and spread, and eventually my right leg kind of stopped working around about, I don't know, maybe September, and then uh, October, November, my left leg stopped working, so I'm in a wheelchair now. Okay. Um, now everybody's motor neuron g- disease journey is different, and it affects people differently as well. You know, they can't tell me what's definitely going to happen, but most likely what will happen with me next is my arms um, will start to go. You know, um, and I have tremors all over my body as well, which is kind of very upsetting and off-putting as well, you know, and I'm kind of obsessed with my arms now as well, trying to think, wondering, you know, am I losing power, you know, because obviously if I, 
my lucid ability move my arms and I end up um, totally immobile. Yeah, it's it's an awful, awful, awful condition, Andrew. I, I lost a friend to it over over a decade ago. So it's it's a terrible, terrible illness, and you you have my thanks so much, PJ. You have my thoughts. You you really are very much in my in in my thoughts. Tell me about is it Shen you pronounce it? It's Sian for short. Sian. It's okay. Son Son is longer name. It's Sian. Sian is is for short. Um, apologies, I'm like a bit obsessed. It's okay, mate. It's okay. Just, just for people's just reference, you kind of divide your time between Cove, Clan, and Dublin. You're, you're a Corkman well, yourself, are you? Um, but not. I'm, this is my first time down in Clannacilty. Um, back when I was diagnosed, I asked a couple of close friends would they come away with me for a week. So that's what we're doing this week. Um, okay. I'm just trying to spend time with close friends as much as possible okay. over the next while okay. um, and I've I have a lot of friends in Cove um, for the last I'd say 20-25 years so I do spend a lot of time down there okay. um, I was down there most of um, last weekend and last week okay. as well catching up with friends Now where did you meet Cian? Um, in 2017 I took six months off work I worked for Irish Life and they were very good and they gave me six months off um, I'm in Irish Life just over 24 years now I started after school so I never had like the, the gap year that a lot of people had so I took six months off and I travelled around India and Southeast Asia and while I was in Laos in July 2017 I met Sian. Um and for the remainder of my two months I had left travelling myself and Sian spent it together um, and then obviously in that September I had at home, but we decided we'd maintain our relationship. Um, you know, we seemed to click and hit it off. Um, and then over the preceding, I suppose, three years before COVID, I spent as much time as I could every, you know, two or three times a year using up all my holidays and went over to visit them as much as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know much about Laos and their and their travel laws is it is is obviously easier for you or was easier for you to get to him than for him to get to you it's very easy Angelo you, you, you arrive at the border you pay $50 they stamp your passport and give you a 30 day visa so it's very easy to arrive obviously that was before COVID but now it's back to normal again um, it's a country of about 10 million people that's sandwiched between China in the north um, Vietnam in the east okay. Thailand in the west and Cambodia in the south Um it's it's not too developed. It's much more it's much more relaxed. You know, it only opened up I think to um, to tourism in 1998. And I think the Irish uh, tur- tourism writer Dervle, I can't remember her name, but she wrote a book about it as well. Nineteen eighty, traveling around, you know, and and um, it's it's a beautiful country. You know, I mean, just amazing people, amazing scenery. You know, and I love spending spending time there. Okay. Now, obviously, you want CN to be able to come. To Cork to spend time with you as much time as possible while you while you're still able. Yeah, and what's the like difficulty lot, with that? I take it the difficulty isn't financial. There's no issue in him getting here. No, no, it, no. It's not financial. And to be honest, I'm very lucky. I work for Irish Life, and they continue to pay me while I'm sick. I, I'm very lucky in that situation. And I've yeah. lots of support. That's brilliant. Family and friends and all. Yeah, look, I, I, you know, they've been fantastic to me as an employer. I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't thank them enough. Um, so it's not financial. Seeing won't be a burden when he comes over here as well. I own my own home. Spent, you know, we can live with me, and I can look after him financially um, for whatever time I have left. And that's the real thing. I don't know how much time I have left. I don't know how much time I have left while I'll be able to even hug scene or, you know, or even go out for a meal and all that, you know, just, just basic normal stuff. So I want him over sooner rather than later. He requires a visa um, and I've reached out to government a, a number of times and our only option is to apply for a tourist visa. It takes time to process, time I just don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also in short and duration. 
it's up to three months. Right. So in theory, he would come over if he could um, after you know after the visa was processed, and then he would need to go home as well. Um, I mean, after I was diagnosed in October, I went over to see him for four weeks in, in November, and it's December. Um, I went over on my own. I, I used my crutches to go onto the plane, um, but I was I was wheelchair bound towards the end of the trip. Um, Seeing looked after me very well, um, and it required a friend flew all the way out to Bangkok to bring me home. Um, you know, Seeing couldn't couldn't travel back with me. So, like December twelfth, that was the last time. I, I spoke to Sina, I, I saw him in the airport, I hugged him goodbye, and I'm just not sure I'm ever going to see him again. Okay. Can you, I mean, are you able to speak to each other by FaceTime or WhatsApp or any of those things? He's the first person to say hello to in the morning, every morning when I get up. You know, we talk on WhatsApp all the time, all day long, and we, and we do video calls as well, like, we talk, you know, every hour of every day as well. We're, 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 you know, we're constantly on it, because that's the only way we, we can do it at the moment. I know. Um, tell tell me about him. What does he do, for example? Um, he lives in a city in the south of Hokal Paxay. Um, he owns a clothing shop. He, he did have a bar for a while. Now he has a clothing shop as well. Um, he, he's 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 just a lovely person. He's so generous and so so helpful as well. You know, um, he took care of me the four weeks when I was over there as well. I suppose the reason I fell in love with him first was. When I met him the first time, he took time off, you know, took a few days off, closed the shop and brought me out traveling around the Southern Lao as well, brought me zip line issue, waterfalls, all that kind of stuff. You know, things he didn't need to do as well. Just just such a generous person. How did you, know? you meet? We met online. Um, he, the city he was in, I was planning on traveling there on a bus, transferring a bus and then leaving again like four or five hours later. But I decided I'd meet up with him and then I decided I'd stay for about three days and, and he took me out traveling around um there's, there's a, a plateau beside Paxae full of waterfalls and coffee plantations we did zip lining they brought me down to some famous temples then just south as well I, I left after about three days but you know I don't know I, there was a bit you of a connection clicked. it's hard to know you sorry you clicked I, yeah and, and and I left after three days and I went off to do a motorbike tour but four four or five days later I can't remember a minute longer maybe a week later I missed him so I traveled back and spent four to three days with him as well. I don't know, people, I don't want to be kind of people talk about love at Fort Side. I don't know, like I just, I, I missed him. And then over the preceding two months, we kind of just, we built up a relationship while he traveled around with me, he closed the shop for, for a number of weeks and traveled around with me. So um, I was devastated to leave him. And that's why we decided we'd, you know, like when I left him in September of 2017, I wasn't under any illusion that it would be easy to get him over to Ireland or that, you know, I mean, we had an easy future as well, but um, it, it was we were committed to each other, and it was something um, we both wanted to, I suppose, to, to work on and, and, and try to fight for. And were you able to see him at all during the COVID years? No, I went over for three weeks at the end of 2019 for Christmas. It was my first time away for Christmas. I loved this. Um, got to spend time together. It was just really nice. I was due to go back over in April 2020 um, and it was a bit surreal I suppose like even in February I bought face masks I was thinking sure I'll only have to wear a face mask on the plane flying over in, in, in April it wasn't until March when it kind of dawned on me that you know the lockdown hit um, and you know when I wouldn't be able to see him for a while but even then so as we all toss in early 2020 you know we might have a lockdown for the summer and things would go back to normal it, it was two and a half years until June last year before I could see him again um, when I went over and we, he managed to get out of to Thailand and I flew into Thailand we spent three weeks there um, at the time I was having problems with my leg but I was still driving a car I was kind of 
like a minor limp, I suppose. That's the best way to describe it. Sure. Um, but I didn't realise it was anything particularly serious. Right. You certainly didn't realise then what you, what you know now. No, like my my I had what's called foot drop. You know, your foot yeah. like your foot kind of drops a small bit as well. But I I, I couldn't wear flip flops because they kept falling off. But I could drive and I could walk. So yeah. I just assumed I'd maybe pull something in my back Different or group you know or something. I, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and then when I came back, I went through a series of tests, and um, it was in October. When they when they don't find anything else mechanical or an injury, they end up with motor neuron disease. So, you know, as July, August, September progressed, I kind of had an idea. Mm. That's what it was, and it was finally confirmed, and just in October. Oh, I may tell you, man to man, I fear it more than I would fear cancer, personally. Yeah. Yeah, like I, 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 I knew one person a long time ago that, that, that had us and, and it wasn't something and obviously you see the ALS, the ice bucket challenge as well and you know a few people have done and I'd seen obviously Charlie Board, but it wasn't something that I was particularly aware of but more and more now as you know people know I have it they're telling me or a friend had us you know or a relative had it or, but I know it seems to be it's not very common but it'd be surprising amount of people that, that have us. Oh, there's, um, there's a lot of it out there that we don't yeah. know about. Andrew, the, 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 the tourist visa that CN could get now Supposing he was to go about it, what's the process? Um, you need to get together a lot of documentation. You know, I, I to provide all of my financial statements, my bank account statements, savings, all that kind of stuff. Seen has to do the same as well. Seen also has to provide property details as well that he owns a home over there. Just to come on you a know, tourist um, visa. Just to come on a tourist visa as well. Um, and, you know, details, he owns a shop as well. He also needs to get his certified transla- tra- translations because they're obviously in the low language as well, which which takes time. Yeah. Um, I, I always find it funny, it, 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 and it might be sound stereotypical as well, but they work in a different time frame over there as well. You know what I mean? It's it, 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 it's more relaxed as well. So yeah. he's taken a few weeks to get his documentation. Um, in the normal course of things, that wouldn't be an issue, but I, I just fear... So I don't have much time left. So, know. you know, every day I wake up without him is a day less that I'm probably going to have to see him. Is, is, so, he, is um, he doing the paperwork as we speak? I he, presume he is. He is. I was hoping it would be ready this week and we could look to submit it, you know, submit that, that online, but it won't be ready next week. And then he has to submit his documents and his passport to the embassy in Hanoi, which takes time. And then they have, and they believe they have sent it then to Dublin as well. So this all just takes extra red tape and time. You know, like I have to fill in the document called the holiday plan, you know, detailing what's going to, what he's going to do when he comes over here as well. I'd like to bring around a bit of sightseeing, but to be really honest, he's coming over here to look after me while I die. That's, you know, I, I don't want to sound miserable about it as well, but that's that's ultimately what we're talking about here. And I'm spending time with friends and seeing, trying to put all the documentation together when I, what I should be doing is spending quality time with him and with my friends and my family. And it's just, I suppose, yeah. I feel helpless. So I feel helpless in the face of motor neuron disease and I feel helpless in the face of getting seen over here as well. Yeah. Now, the Minister of Justice, the Acting Minister of Justice is is Simon Harris. I I assume you've looked into this. Does Minister Harris have powers in this regard? Could he waive some of the the paperwork and just get him over here for you? I I believe so. Um, I know the asylum, you know, asylum process in the news at the moment as well. I don't want to go into the rights or wrong with it as well. I've travelled around, you know, Ireland is a wealthy country. There are far, there are other countries in far worse positions as well. But like when I when I'm angry about this, last year three thousand people arrived into Dublin Airport, over three thousand people with no passport, and they were given remain leave to remain while their you know applications were processed. 
So I've asked, you know, why can't the same facility be extended to seeing? I'll book him a flight tomorrow. He can fly to Dublin to be with me. Um, and then whatever paperwork or red tape you need to do, that can be done while he's here with me. I just, you know, why, a, why can't, that, same, why can't that be extended to him? Finance isn't an issue. Yeah. No, I, you know, I'll have to arrange private health insurance for him as well. You know, he'll be well looked after. Um, he won't want funding as well and we won't rely on the state, um, you know, for anything. Uh-huh. I mean, I've been working for 24 years. Um, you know, <laughs> I paid in my dues, but I, I'm not looking for him to get any out of it as well. I, I will look after him. I said, I'm in, I'm in the position. I'm very lucky to be in that position that I, that I can do that. I know. Now, look, as well as it being the Minister for Justice's remit, it also would, we would think, come under the umbrella of the Minister for Foreign Affairs, and that, of course, is Hall Martin. So, yeah. what we'll do, Andrew, and I'll we'll make you no promises, we're not politicians, we won't promise you anything. What we will promise, though, is we'll make sure that Hall gets a copy of this interview. Okay. And it, we'll give him all of your details, and we'll pass them straight to his office to see if there's anything that can be done, how would that be? BJ, uh, 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 I can't thank you enough, to be honest. I, 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 I just really can't thank you enough. Like, could you could you marry him? Could, if if he entered Ireland, could you marry him? Could he come here to get married? I, he could come here to get married. I'm not too sure if he can get married on a tourist visa. If, if he could come here tomorrow and I could marry him the following day, I would do that. I'd... I mean, the other thing I'm doing at the moment is I need to write my will and arrange power of attorney as well. I'd like to make sure that, that you know, my family, and seeing as my family, were looked after after I passed away. Um, and if I could marry him, that's what I would do. You know, I want to make sure he's looked after and I want to look after him for every time I have left. I know, I know. You're, I, 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 I sense you're scared stiff, buddy, are you? I'm terrified. Um... <laughs> Oh, like my parents are helping me look after me, but they're 75 and 76. I have an amazing group of friends. I'm very lucky with the friends I have, but I want my partner by my side. I know. While I face into this. Besides seeing him and getting him over here, and as I said, we'll pass every shred of information that you can give us to, to Michal Martin personally. Uh, we all know him well here. Um... And besides that, like, is there a is there anything else that you want to do that could be set up that you want to do before things get impossible for you? No, no. I want to. I want to. Well, well, I still can, and I, you know, I want to bring scene around. I want to bring him down to Cork. My first time at Connacht County here. It's a bit foggy at the moment now, but. It looks beautiful as well. I want to show him Cove. You know, I want to bring him around Ireland and, and show him stuff as well. Th- that's kind of all I want at the moment. I, I'm, I'm just focused on getting him over here um, and beside me as well. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky that I have plenty of other support as well. Um, but I, I don't want funding at the moment. Um, I would probably just like to call out the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association. Mm-hmm. They're just being an absolutely fantastic organization you know any and every support i need and um, they've given me as well they've written me a fantastic letter as well outlining you know my case and their support for getting seen over you know to be with me and, and to provide me with you know emotional yeah. and, you know and, and physical support i need there's, there's, a, good, um, there's just, a good friend of all of ours in this building um broadcaster himself jonathan healy is, is on the board of that association um and if any i, I, I hadn't 
I hadn't heard of them before, PJ, but to be honest, I, 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 they're just fantastic. Come out and see me as well. Anything I need, yeah. they're putting a hospital bed in my in my house and um, while I'm away. They've given me wheelchairs and all, and they drop out to see me. I, I just, like, I, I suppose one, one thing I will say is when I was diagnosed, I told lots of people, I told friends, family, everybody else, everybody's first reaction is that devastated from my news. And the second question is, you know, what can we do? Whatever help you need, we're here to help you as well. When I reached out to a number of politicians, where frankly, a lot of times I was ignored. And then when I did get a response back, the response back was, we're devastated for you, but here's what you need to do. And I just, I just am very surprised at that response. You know, if somebody reaches out to you, tell them you have a terminal illness, you know, I, I, I was expecting someone to come back to me and tell me, this is wrong. We're going to get this fixed and here's what we're going to do. Instead, I was told you need to go off and spend your time, your valuable time, going through this red tape and this this process and and you have and CN has or is getting together all we're, of the necessary paperwork he's, he's doing that at the moment um, I have my documentation ready and a good friend of mine is going to help me with the application this week as well the online right. bit as well but the delay is, is seeing documents he used to collate them all together mine and then send them over to have, you, have you a solicitor helping you I spoke to a solicitor last year as well, um, just to confirm this was the right way to do it as well. So we do have to, we, we do have a solicitor to rely on, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, here's what we'll do. Like I said, we'll package everything up. We'll, we'll give, personally make sure that Michal Martin, he's gone to Lebanon for a day or two, but we'll personally make sure that he gets a copy of the recording of this interview. And PJ, can I just say one more thing? I just, I really do appreciate the, the opportunity to come on, on the radio show and just, even just to tell my story. If nothing else happens, I really do appreciate um, that, that you've allowed me to do that. Okay. We'll also send all of the media outlets, all of our friends in the media, far and wide, we'll send this story to them and we'll see what we can put together for you. How's that? That's brilliant. Thanks so much. All right. And give our regards to Cian. And you know, when he gets over here, I'd love to speak to you both. How's that yeah, to aim for? How's that for a goal? How's that for I, a goal? I would love to, we would love to do that as well, PJ. All right. Andrew, you look after yourself and take care, okay? You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. That's Andrew Chambers. What a sad story. Kate says, I think it would help his health if he had the company of his partner. Isn't there a compassionate grounds visa? Surely it would qualify. Mick says, that poor man, I'm sitting here in work crying. He's not asking for much. They have all of their paperwork. It's just time. Is there any way to get around the time, get around the red tape, get around all that old stuff? We'll pass it on to me, Hall. We'll see what can be done. 0818 96 96 96. How do you really, how do you really follow that? Lewis Capaldi is ringing back fans in his own self-marketing. Somebody who bought his latest single, which went to number one straight away. He's ringing them randomly. Yeah, some of them not going so great. No. Right, calling people who downloaded my new single to thank them. This is Lily. Hello, is this Lily? Yeah. Lily, who's your favourite singer? Oh, she hung up. That was uh, obviously, it must be a cheer. Casey and Ross in the morning. You can now order your 231 electric Skoda Enyaq from Noel DC Cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM.
FM. Look, I know nothing about getting visas from a part of the world like Laos. They two lads have looked into it and there's a way to do it, but it's slow and it's painstaking and Andrew simply doesn't have time. He, he doesn't know if he'd wake up tomorrow and he can't use his arms anymore. That's Imagine living like that. Imagine having been reasonably fit and healthy and after a few short months he's in a wheelchair and the next thing to go might well be his arms and his hands and he doesn't know. He doesn't know when that might happen. And all he wants to do is get his partner over here. And there is a way to do it. There is a visa system. There is paperwork to be got. They've got all the paperwork. They've got mounds of flipping paperwork between them now. They just need to try to speed the process up. So, Minister of Justice, they've approached Simon Harris and we'll make a personal approach to... Foreign Affairs Minister Michal Martin. Please ask this man, has he tried cannabis as a form of medicine to help his tremors? My heart goes out to him. Our government need to cop on. This man is literally dying and all they can do is respond with red tape. Listening to this very moving story with PJ now, I'm also going to write to the Minister for Foreign Affairs and the Minister for Justice to lobby for these men. If the last number of years have taught us anything... It's that we now have a deeper understanding of what's truly important in life. Health is one of those things. This gentleman doesn't have that right now. Human connection and community is such an important thing too. We are a codependent species. We co-regulate with the love and support of the bonds we build with others. There's always ways around red tape. And we can look to the human story behind it. We can surely create change in the lives of those who need it. Yep. Red tape surrounds so many things. There are always ways around it. This is where I come back to my old argument of who is in charge. So if it is a thing that we reach out to Minister Martin, Tonish to Michal Martin, and if he figures that he would like to help Andrew and Sian, then surely he should, should just be a matter of contacting the Department of Foreign Affairs, his department, his civil servants, and say, lads, can we make this happen? And quickly, it should just be a, way, a, a question of that. Let's, let's see how it pans out. Let us see how it pans out. 0818 96 96 96. Reminder, we will do Live Free in 23 again between 10 and 11 today. It is 10 and 11, yes. Between 10 and 11 today. In fact, I'd say we'd be doing it in about an hour's time. That huge prize pack up for say, up for grabs on Monday morning with Casey and Ross. That's when the final will be. Monday morning, the 30th. And I'll go through again what's in it. But we'll do it between 10 and 11. Live free in 23 with Cork Credit Unions. 0818 96 96. 96. More coming in on Andrew and CN Pat says, my heart goes out to that lad. Not much to ask to let him live out his time happy with his partner. My wife's sister was refused a holiday visa from Thailand to visit us here in Ireland. My wife and I and kids have to visit her every year in Thailand and may be sure it's not cheap. Thanks, Pat. This came in to us from Martin. Totally different subject, but I want to get your thoughts on it. It's on the driving test. It says, Hi PJ, I'd like to get your help to highlight an issue that is, quite frankly, a joke. My son is 19, lives in West Cork, and is in college in Cork. So here's the thing. 
This young fella went and paid for his 12 driving lessons all through the summer with a view to getting a test and getting on the road in the autumn. With college and sport, he's taking buses all the time. I believe he was contacted in, in November to be pushed back again, much to his frustration. He was told log on again yesterday, the 24th January, to be given a time and date and he could pick one. He logged on, only to be told to log on again in February to be given a date. Is this some kind of a joke? He's now waiting seven months. It's apparently six weeks in the city and good luck to them. But surely be to God, somebody in the department should be able to do something for these young people from this part of the world. West Cork. They're already under immense pressure to find overpriced student accommodation. The only way to have any chance of solving their problem is to commute a bit. They can't even do that now. PJ, please contact the Skibbereen Testing Centre and find out what's going on because the ordinary punter in the street just gets fobbed off. They'll give you some sob story about not having testers. Trust me, if you set up a six-week course in the morning, people could learn to become driving testers and get a job at the end of it. You'd be inundated with applications for that. A six-week course, PJ, for someone who's been driving all their lives, that's ample time. This issue in Skib is being accepted, and it's appalling that nobody's being held responsible. For God's sake, will somebody stand up for these young men and women who have a tough job ahead to survive in this country with rent, property prices, etc. They'll just leave, PJ, and it's hard to blame them. I appreciate the listening ear. I'm just a very frustrated parent trying to make sense of it all. Please contact Skibbereen Test Centre and try to get some answers. Thanks for your time, says Martin. Months and months and months waiting for driving tests in West Cork. And remember the time when they changed the law? Well, the law was always there, but they started to enforce it, that people waiting for driving tests, they're on their permit, can't drive without somebody with them. There was an awful lot of people down in West Cork said, hold on a minute here, we can't get tests. So how are we supposed to get to work? How are we supposed to get to college? How are we supposed to get anywhere? And here you have Martin, whose son was told before Christmas to log on in January. Logged on in January, he's told to log on in February and still has no idea when he might get a driving test. Adele. Hi PJ, how are you? How are you? I'm what, good. What would good. you like to say? So, PJ, just that I was listening to your conversation with Andrew and it just broke my heart to think that he has to, you know, face into the future with this horrible disease without the love of his life by his side. Yeah. Um, and that people should really get behind him and try to do everything they possibly can. And just on my part, so I am um, a celebrant and a solemniser with an organisation called Entheus Ireland. We're a non-denominational religious body offering our services to all religions and none and I would like to offer my services pro bono to Andrew and see and should he ever get him hopefully fingers crossed sorry when he gets them over to Ireland and I would marry them in at the drop of the hat that's a most wonderful thing to offer Adele because Not he at did all, it's only something small he, he did, did say if he can get him on a plane tomorrow he'd, la- he'd marry him the next day I know, but there are, as you know, there are legalities into the the whole marriage process as well. So that's another battle that they'd probably have to face with the courts. But I'm sure if he got him over, we could work with the courts and lawyers to try and get it done as quickly as possible. Okay, so you would like us to put you in touch with Andrew? 
Yes, please. You can pass on my details to him. Emer has my number, and um, if he just wants to give me a call, if and when he gets the end over. Okay. We'll do that, Idil. Thank okay, you so thanks, much. We'll, we'll, we'll put you all in contact. That's an incredibly generous offer. So we now have, after Andrew said, look, it's a complicated thing, but if, if he can get CN over here, he'll marry him. And then as, of course, husband and husband, well, they can stay here. And Idil is offering anything she can do, including the ceremony pro bono. We'll put them in contact off air. 0818 96 96 96. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96 FM. On the show, I can make you say things like this. Oh my God, thank you so, so much. It's the best news ever. You'll hear the odd person completely lose their mind live on the radio. And I guarantee the biggest tunes from these guys. Hey, I'm Dermot Kennedy. Hi, this is Taylor Swift. Hey, this is Bruno Mars. Hey, hey, this is Lady Gaga. Make sure you're with me every afternoon on what station? Make you think that's Let me show you what it's all about. Check it out. Simon Murdoch, midday to 4 p.m. With Clonacal Tea Veggie Sausages, a taste you love, made with fresh vegetables. On Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. So we took that call from Andrew earlier on, Andrew Chambers. He was diagnosed a few months back with motor neuron disease. His legs are already gone and he's in a wheelchair and he's terrified that he doesn't have much time left. His partner, Cian, is in Laos and trying to get here, the only way to get here is on the tourist visa currently, and that takes many, many weeks and months to set up. They have their bundles of paperwork put together. Um, we've now said to Andrew that we will reach out personally to the Minister for Foreign Affairs, uh, Michal Martin, to see if anything can be done to speed up the process. And because Andrew does not literally know how much time he's got left Motor neuron disease is such a horrible, horrible thing. And it is such a desperate, desperately upsetting situation, isn't it? Morning. I swear to God, that literally broke my heart. Yeah. I swear to God, like, there has to be some sort of compassionate grounds. Yeah. That um, can be brought home. That he can spend as much time as he can, but like nobody knows how, how long Andrew has left. But there has to be like, like me, how Martin has done. Like he, he gets people things left, right, and centre. Like why can't he do this? Well, we're going you know, to we're sh- going to send everything that he to has him. A heart. We're going to talk to his office and see what can. No, be done. but show like he had show that he actually has a heart, that he actually cares about the Irish people. Andrew's an Irish citizen. You know what I mean? Seeing is his family. That's right. You know, they, they may not be married, but that he's his family. Yeah. You know, and like, what's the difference, like, in a piece of paper? Yeah, and they have all like, their it, paper put together. No, what I'm yeah. saying, like, a, a marriage piece of paper, like... Yeah, I know. Like, he's his family. He wants to be here to support him. Andrew needs to support. Yeah. You know, yeah, he has his friends, but... Seeing is like, as you said, like he's his life partner. Yeah, it's him he wants yeah. with him, and 
as I said, if Michal Martin has one bit of compassion in his body, he'd get him. And he'd get him over here. Like, <laughs> let him send the government jail. We don't mind. He can send the government jail over to get him. If, if we mean this. You know, that, that's worth sending over for. Yeah. But no, honest to God, like, I was listening. It just, it's so, so heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, oh, I, 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 it's just, I don't know. Like, is there, I know we, like, at the Irish people can't really do much to, to help. Um, But, like, is there any way that we can highlight it? Well, we're going to we're going to do everything we can here, in including making a personal approach to Michal Martin's office, and we're in the process of doing that at the moment. See what can be done. So, maybe to speed the situation up, or compassionate grounds, or whatever. I don't like know. There what, has to be there has to be some sort of compassionate ground. I don't know what kind of representation the the Laos the Laos government have in this country. Do they have a consul? Do they have anybody here that 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 you know could. Maybe between, no, but between we the have, and there's an Irish system, we Sorry. have the representation here. That's true. That can get on to the authorities over there and go, look, this is the situation. We need him here. Yeah. And he's, we need he's, him welcome. Here. he's welcome. He's yeah. welcome. Yeah. You know, we'll put the flags out. He can come in. I'll pick him up in the airport if he needs to be picked up. No. You know, it's just, it's, just, it's so, so heartbreaking. It is. It is. It is. Like, it's just I just don't know. Like as I said, if I if, if I can do anything. Yeah, well you wanna see the pages and pages and pages of stuff coming in here. Internet for people who feel exactly the same way as you do. Thanks for that. Andrew should get that visa now on compassionate grounds. I'm snapping at our heartless government. Everyone wants to do everything to help, but the only people stopping him and can help do nothing. And they forced this man to waste extremely valuable and limited time. Anna, I'm in floods listening to Andrew. What a brave man. I light a candle for him tonight. Cara, very emotional stuff, PJ. God, love that poor man. He deserves to spend his final days with the love of his life. PJ, well done. Michal Martin is a fellow Cork man. He'll be emotional too after hearing Andrew's story, I'm sure, like we all are across Cork this morning. Keep on top of this. I support Andrew's campaign should we set up a petition. And there are pages of stuff. And to the phones, uh, is it three emer Kate? Hi, Kate. Hi, how are you? You're thinking, um, you're thinking about oh Andrew? God, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, would they ever just do, you know, the make wish they do for children, small children? Well, let's do it for an adult. Let's do it for this man. They can bring them anywhere. When they make a wish, they take them everywhere. All over the world, wherever they want to go, they take them. And you see what they did in Seattle for a little boy? I do, yeah. Yeah, we need to do this for this man. Yeah. And make, just, you know, he, it can, oh, it can just make a fairy tale ending for this, please. You yeah. know, you have to do it. If You know, we just pull out all the stops. I don't care. Yeah. Just do it for him. And oh my God, it was just wonderful to see him come here. Oh, I'd be in bits. I'm not even related to it, and I just, I the know. whole thing is so sad. Oh, I just oh, make a wish and do it for him. Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay thanks. 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 Thank you. A lot of people feeling like that this morning. We should all contact Michal Martin's office, says Dara, to see what can be done. 0818 96 96 96. To reiterate again, they each have 
a bundle of paperwork put together to get seeing the tourist visa that he would need to get here. The tourist visa is the easiest way. But it does still, the way things work at the moment, still take many weeks at his end, and I assume at this end too, to get him here. So what we've agreed we'll do is, and we think we're, I think we're talking to them off air even now, we're trying to get in touch with Michal Martin's constituency office over in Turner's Cross to try to make sure that this, well, he will get a copy of this, of the interview between myself and, and Andrew, which if you missed, we will podcast. Any paperwork that Andrew needs to show Michal will try to grease that particular wheel to get that happening. We've already had someone come on the phone this morning who is a wedding solemnizer, Idel, and says if 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 CN can get here and, and they want to marry, then she will do everything in her power to ensure that they can. Because if he could get here and they could marry, then then he could stay. After a tourist visa, he'd have to go back after I think it's a month or something. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We'll stay with this. In 23, we'll cut the cost of living for one loyal listener with the ultimate live free grand prize on Cork's 96 FM. Win a holiday, free fuel, supermarket shopping, computers and electrical, concert tickets, fashion and beauty, free food, and a credit union account with cash. Spending money, money. Listen to Casey and Ross in the morning and all day long for your chance to text or WhatsApp in to win. Live free in 23. With Cork Credit Unions. Here for you always. <laughs> Only on Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM. Actually, Andy is on, or Andrew is on Twitter. Uh, at Stintaway is his uh, Twitter handle. Stintaway. S-T-I-N-T-A-W-A-Y at Stintaway and I just note looking through it during the news there that actually Charlie Bird who we mentioned when we were chatting Charlie Bird has reached out to Andrew to offer the hand of friendship and to help in any way that he can and poor old Charlie is in a very bad way at the moment his voice is completely gone and his mobility is going still there but it's going and he's still still reaching out to people to see if he can offer the hand of friendship and there's a man with a contacts book as thick as your thigh if he's on the case he'll surely find someone able to help poor Andrew says this message so we can take in refugees with no passports we can't get Andrew's partner home on compassionate leave with all of their paperwork in order. Mind-blowing. This government's an absolute disgrace. Here is a genuine man doing everything right, and yet there were people coming into the country without proper authorization and nothing done about it. Please don't call out my name. And Nicola says, PJ, so sad listening to this. There's no check on migrants coming into the country. They're welcomed with open arms, given everything they need. 
but paperwork is stopping a man with limited time left from spending that quality time with his loved one. It's absolutely ridiculous. This government needs to have a look at the system. I really feel for this man, says Nicola, and an awful lot of, to put it mildly, love in the room and compassion in the room and support in the room for Andrew and uh, for for Cian. Uh, 0818 96 96 96. Kevin, what did you want to say? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Hi, how are you? Um, yeah, no, look, I think everybody's on point. I think everybody's kind of is saying what needs to be said. You know, there, there, there are people coming in and out of the country on, on massive numbers. They're coming in from Ukraine. I know it's under emergency circumstances, but would this not be a similar case where it's an emergency circumstance that this man needs to have this sorted ASAP? Uh, another thing that blows my mind is that it's been said a couple of times now, these, both these people have heaps and piles of paperwork and it's still not enough? Or do, uh, What kind of information do these people actually need to know from us for this man to come on a holiday over here? Well, just looking, at, looking at Andrew's Twitter there during the news, just in the last couple of days, there were some financial documents required and then they have to be translated and it has to be translated by an official translator and all of that old but stuff. Is, 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 that, is, is, that, is that information really all necessary to come on a holiday? Like, Do you know what I mean? He, like could you imagine trying to go on a holiday over to Spain there and you have to fill out all your financial information and all this paperwork and get it translated over to Spanish and like none of it makes sense are they like why, why is this the case they're letting people in here on a whim not a bother come on a whim by the thousands yeah. but there's a genuine fellow with a genuine case here and they're just they're just throwing brick wall after brick wall at him for yeah. what yeah, it's a very you slow know? and very painful system and as he said he doesn't have the time to wait it's, you know, you know it's, it's most the point most overall like you know if, if he had the time there probably wouldn't be a problem we wouldn't make a fuss about it but there's a fuss being made for a, for a genuine reason they should be looking into this well, you as, know? as he said to me Kevin with the way his illness is, is progressing he literally doesn't know if tomorrow morning he'll wake up and he finally can't put his arms around CN anymore that's know, heartbreaking know, stuff uh, you know it's, 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 to, to put a frog in your throat every time you hear it like to be fair like my heart goes out to him like you know it's, it's it's impossible to comprehend what they're going through. Thanks, Kevin. 0818 96 96 96. D wants to get into the conversation on WhatsApp. Good morning, PJ and team. It is so terribly sad. Here we go again hearing such an example of why, of why our country is collapsing. Systems broken in the hospital. And this term red tape. Andrew unfortunately does not have the time to deal with the with the term used so lately unfortunately poor Andrew doesn't have time on his hands time is not the essence always he is going through a horrific disease that's quickly attacking given him horrific pain why why is he being denied as he said himself he he doesn't know how long he is left hopefully i'm begging for the government yeah. perfect we'll get the whole we'll get the whole tape of all of this across to Michal Martin's office uh, ASAP and we will come back to it I promise you that. Uh, stay with this and see if we can develop anything by midday. 
If we can't, we'll push it into tomorrow and see what can be developed and we'll stay with it off the air. We're pushing it as well to all of our media contacts to see if anything can be done to help Andrew and Sion. If you want to follow him on Twitter and lend your support to him and just mention that you heard it on the show at Stintaway, S-T-I-N-T-A-W-A-Y is Andrew's Twitter. 0818969696 to other matters, for now at least. It's a story that began early in January and it's a story that refuses to go away. I don't, I'm not speaking about Enoch Bourke. He refuses to go away. He turned up again this morning at school. I'm speaking about the Tommy Tiernan and Emer O'Neill saga. I'll bring it through the timeline after the break. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96FM. If we have any further development on Andrew and Sian's appeal uh, before midday, we will come back to it. I promise you that. 0818 96 96 96. But to other things, and this is a story we hadn't touched on at all, um, but it's one that's been going on now for for pretty much three weeks. There's a gag was in Tommy Tiernan's show. It's a gag that I heard when he did The Marquee last summer. Um, and for the sake of people who haven't heard it, I'm going to quote it. And Tommy says, so I was at the zoo the other day and looking at the penguins, he says, they're like little nuns walking around with their rosary beads. And then the wolves are so fierce and so Irish. And then he went to the African savannah, which is a part of Dublin Zoo, and it was full of taxi drivers. That's the gist of the joke as delivered by Tommy in his Tom Fullery show. As I say, I heard it last summer. Now, Eamon O'Neill, RTE presenter, was at a show in Vicar Street in early January and she took offence to the joke. She left the concert as she's entitled to do, and she complained about the joke on her social media. And it started, and it is still a story that doesn't go away. Tommy contacted her by email, initially by email. They exchanged emails. They spoke on the phone then for what Emer says was nearly an hour. In the course of that conversation, Tommy personally apologised to her. She said that she was very impressed with the way he spoke on the phone. He has removed the gag from his set. It's about 15 seconds of a 90-minute set. He has addressed the issue at subsequent shows and said he's taken the gag out. But the story won't go away. Emer went on the Clareborn show on the radio late last week after her conversation with Tommy. She was fulsome in her praise of the phone call and what he said to her on the phone call. But she would like him to follow up now with a more public statement, a more public apology for the joke and having the joke in the show, which is no longer in the show. Now, here's the bit that really riles me up. She has said that she and her family have been trolled and mocked relentlessly since she spoke out. And whatever side you come down on, and I don't come down on any side here, Whatever side you come down on, that shouldn't be happening. Should be She should be entitled to say what she wants to say and object to it in whatever way she wants to object to it and have whatever interaction she wants to have with Tommy Tiernan. 
that's uh, absolutely evident. But she doesn't have a, a, a right to be trolled. That shouldn't be happening to her or to her family. One, one man who's been commenting a bit about this is, is Paul Trebo. Look, Paul, she was offended by the joke. Tommy spoke to her. They had an hour-long conversation. It's out of the show. Surely you think it would end there, wouldn't you? Good morning. Hey, PJ. Happy New Year. And to you, sir. I'd say that in the month of January. (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, I've tweeted a few times about this particular incident. I've tweeted a few times about similar incidents because it's not that we're heading down a slippery road here. I think we're, you know, three quarters of the way down this road. That if you go, like, in my opinion, you lose the right to be offended the second you buy a ticket to any comedy show because 99% of it, you can take offence to if if you want to take offence to it. And, and you look at, I mean, you look at some of the most famous uh, black comedians from Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle. Most of their show is about slagging a white guy, a white person. You go to, you know, an Asian or, or Chinese comedian and they're slagging the white person with the big round eyes on them and all that. And that's, that's comedy. Mm. Now, I know you can take offence. But I mean, Ricky Gervais sums it up perfectly, probably one of the world's most famous comedians. Just because you take offence doesn't make you right. Now that you say that, Paul, pause a second, because I actually have that clip. Um, He was invited on one of the American talk shows after his, was it Oscars or Golden Globes, whichever one he was hosting. And, and about how people used to take offence to what he was saying. And here's that, here's that. And it's funny, I was watching Ricky Gervais last night on, on a comedy stand-up show, so he was fresh in my mind this morning. Here's that clip just before we continue talking. Here we go. That's the thing about offence, isn't it? When people yeah. say they're offended, it's that, just because you're offended, it doesn't mean you're right, you know? It's... Offence is about feelings, and feelings are personal. Some people are offended by equality. So what? You know, so you can't second-guess people. If you try and please everyone, you'll please no one. Mm. With comedy as well, you've got to, I think you've got to deal with taboos and contentious issues. You know, you can't legislate against stupidity, otherwise you'll be doing nothing. So if you're saying anything, you're, you, you should polarise. You should polarise, because everyone's different. Mm. That's exactly the quote you were making, Paul. Com- comedy yeah. was always poking fun. I-, I always think of the great Joan Rivers, what she'd make of it now. Well, I mean, my own personal opinion. Well, first of all, the only thing worse than taking offence, something that 99% of people wouldn't take offence to, is taking offence on behalf of somebody else. And that was that was the part that really got to me. It was like, you know, I'm standing up here because the, the beauty and the genius of comedy is it's pretty much true. And and that and it's it's also a great way of bringing to the forefront, you know, maybe something we should talk about or whatever. And that's the beauty of comedy. I mean, you listen to any of the top comedians, and if you've got if the remote slightest bit of offensive blood in your body, you'd be gone in thirty seconds. Mm. And that's the beauty of comedy because you go in to listen to somebody saying something, going, I can't believe he said that. That's exactly yeah. Actually, do you know what? I was actually thinking that. Uh, and and I think this has all been blown way out of proportion. But my fear of this and that's why i've tweeted about a lot about you know whether it be refugees that's currently going on and different situations that's going on if we back down straight away to somebody who turns around and says i'm taking offense of that and you must apologize to me if we back down straight away with that the ability to debate is gone 
because you must be strong enough to, in my opinion, I don't think Tommy should have apologized. That's my own personal opinion because that's comedy. Whether it was offensive or not is irrelevant. As I said at the start, you lose the, the right to be offensive the second you buy the ticket to a comedy show because 99% of the content of a comedy show is offensive if you want to take offense to it. And, and I just think we're like, if, if I, so what should be done, in my opinion, is more people should speak out. And you were dead right. You made a brilliant point. Anybody trolling anybody is just is, is scum, in my opinion. And that's the cesspit that is particularly Twitter, especially these people that are, you know, they have no profile picture. They have no name up and they think they can say or do whatever they want to do. That, that That's an absolute disgrace. But you should turn around and go, hang on a second. I'm not going to apologize because it's not really offensive. And I'm sorry that you took offense to it, but it doesn't mean what I said is actually offensive. There's and a I difference there, isn't there? Start. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think more people need to stand up and, and, and don't be afraid to call out something that you know in your heart and soul is right. Don't be afraid to call it out in fear of somebody calling you a name on Twitter because that's just a typical bully, which nine times out of ten is a coward. You must turn around and go, oh, I don't care if you call me racist. I'm not racist. Mm. Ask, ask my black friend, how about that, if I'm yeah. racist? I, I've, I've, you know, I've I, actually I, I, interviewed Emer on the show me. before. I interviewed Emer. She wrote some children's books, and, and, and so I know a little bit about her. And then she was really good when she stood in on the Today Show on RTE. And she's, she, like, she was offended by this joke, and that is her absolute right, correct? 100%. Absolutely. You, you can be offended at anything, but it doesn't mean you're right. But you do have the right to take offence to something. But, you, but don't, think, you don't think Tommy should have apologised? I, I don't, because I, I think, like, that, that's, if that's the case, he should have gone back and, into Dublin Zoo and, and apologised to all the penguins for liking them like a nun, because the penguins probably took offence at that comment too. I mean, if you analyse literally every single sentence of a comedy show, there is grounds. So, so should we ring up now uh, Dave Chappelle, who's probably the biggest uh, current, him or David, or uh, what do you call him, Hart, um, is it David Hart? Not yeah, sure now. We'll go, back, we'll go back to me now in a sec. Um, these are two of the biggest current comedian, black, uh, black African-American, whatever you want to uh, call people, that these guys, most of their show is about slagging a white guy. So should we all of a sudden go, lads, listen, sorry, you're going to have to apologize to all the white people around the world. And you're going to have to take that, remove that from your show. And I tweeted in jest there during the week, our great, great grandchildren will not believe us that there was a day you'd go to a comedy show and the comedian actually said anything because that's the road we're going to go down. Mm. Can't say anything. So if Tommy does another, I mean, Tommy has famously slagged off the traveling community, but he'll turn around and say, listen, I'm only joking. And I've called around to traveler communities many, yeah. many a time during my tour and I have a chat with them and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, so does that mean all that's gone? Then anything that Tommy slags, that's just his style of comedy is he slags off anyone and everybody. Yeah. So do we all get up and walk out of a show? Mm. It's like it's 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 just gone down a very dangerous road that we're allowing people to like Tommy has lost a lot out of this as well. Um, well he's lost I the mean, sponsor lost. for his television show. The television show's already in the can and they're on to yeah. episode three or four now of, of his latest series and and Free Now was just the brand sponsor. They've pulled out of that. That's that's a matter for themselves. But and he's selling out concerts right, left, and centre. So he's not losing anything financially out of this. But, but, I, but I suppose the fear is is that the network that he's on, RTE, might turn around and go, "Look, we can't afford to have a kind of a woke group attacking us for have given him the next season." So is he is he going to lose a next season of the show? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I just, and, and don't get me wrong, like, look, it's no disrespect to Emer at all. It's, it's, it's in general. I, I think that it's, it's very dangerous that we're like, you know, the people are scared to turn around and defend themselves to go, I'm, but I'm not racist. So, no, but I took offense. Yeah, that's fine. I, I get that you took offense, and I'm sorry that you took offense, but that joke is going to be said again next week because it's actually pretty funny, mm-hmm. and most people laughed at it. Do you remember, to my mind anyway, you mentioned other names, but to me, uh, Paul, the greatest that has ever trod a stage in my lifetime anyway, Billy Connolly. Um, uh, do you know what? I was hoping you were going to say that. The name. greatest. Like an, an absolute genius. A but, genius. But, but, and it's so sad that he's not able to perform anymore. But I remember going to one of his shows uh, in Connolly Hall, actually, in Cork, and he opens up and he goes, if anybody's easy, easily offended by my show, F off. And do me a favour, <laughs> F off now, before you waste my time telling me about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it's like I said, you lose that right to be offended the second you buy a ticket. Because, like, what are you expecting to go to a comedy show? Are you expecting them to go in and talk about, you know, fluffy toys and lovely flowers in a meadow? Like, I mean, that's, that's the beauty and the yeah. genius of comedy. Now, there's one other argument I mean, to be made, and I'll, I'll finish with this. We do, we come back to the trolling uh, and the mocking of Emer and her family and others Emma Dabry, I think, was some was also mocked and trolled recently for for backing Eamon O'Neill. None of none of that is acceptable for a second. But the fact is, it's out there. So as it, it kind of makes Eamon's point for her that there's an amount of inherent racist racism in Irish society. Well, I, to be honest with you, I don't think anybody could deny that. I mean, racism is rife amongst ourselves. The North Side and South Side Dubliners like rip the hole off each other every single day. The Culties and the Jackines have been rampant. The fellas from Cavan are, are slagged every day for being so stingy. I mean, we're, we're, we are, there's no denying, we're rampantly racist. But what we do have is the God-given ability that most people don't have is that we can laugh at ourselves. So when I know I slagged my mate from Cavan for being so stingy, he knows I'm only joking, or even though like we're having a bit of crack. And, and, and like, so we can laugh at each other. Like, what are we going to get to? I mean, are we getting to a point where, like, so, so somebody calls me fat and bald. I go, you're dead right. I am fat and bald. I'm not going to take offensive to that. But, like, you know, it's, it's funny said in the right context, me, and I laugh at it. And it's just like, so at what point do we, you know, do we stop talking to each other? Okay. Because, like, don't tell me I'm going to have to stop having the crack with my mates. If you went out in, in a pub and saw me and my friends in the corner having a few pints, you thought we'd be getting close to having a scrap with the slaggings and stuff. But it's just our banter with each other. And, and I'm not going to change that. And you can say, oh, so society dictates that that's the way. I, no, I'm not changing that. That's the way we've always oh, been. That's what makes us Irish. Walk, and walk, walking into your restaurant, Mr. Trevo, you take your life in your hands as to what you might say. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's part of the charm. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Paul Trevo of Trevo's Restaurant in Killarney, making the point that Tommy should not have apologised and that you lose the right to be offended the moment you purchase. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, Things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just a ticket. That's a, a that's a, a discussion that I'd love to have with anybody else. Let's bring in the other side, though. Um, Rose Demol of Recruit Refugees Ireland. Rose, Paul's point mm-hmm. is it's in the show. It's yeah. it is what it is. Emer has mm. a right to be offended by it. She's mm-hmm. perfectly right to say she was offended by it, but it should just end there. Um, I don't agree. Um, you know, um, um, my son's friends call me the wokest mom on Twitter, so mm. <laughs> I'm just warning Paul already. Um, first of all, there's a difference between uh, white people who can be flagged off in the show and black people who've been slaves, who've been constantly, constantly, constantly laughed at, who are thrown banana peels on uh, football pitches and uh, who are treated... Uh, like second-hand um, citizens and the reason why many of them are taxi drivers is because they are black and nobody else wants to hire them. You know, I know many of them who are journalists, who are IT specialists and who are sitting there in a taxi, uh, something they don't really want to do. That joke of Tommy Tiernan, and he admitted it himself in the end, um, was racist. And there is no place for racist jokes anywhere. There's no place for racist jokes. It's, uh, it hurts the black community and it hurts uh, the Irish community as well because it, gives, it puts you in the wrong light. Mm. You on, know? on the night that Dadimer was there, mm. um, he, he mm. did say, as, and I think he said it, I'm trying to remember if he said it when I saw him at the Marquee in the summer. Yeah. He did say, my daughter told me I shouldn't tell this story. Yeah, he should have listened to his daughter because uh, it just isn't on anymore, you know. There are many, many jokes you can make and maybe the joke he should have made is, you know, I was driven to the hotel by um, by a bank manager but unfortunately he's black so he can't manage a bank or something like that, you know. There are jokes you can make and then when, when Paul was saying we slag ourselves off, yeah, do that, you know. A black man often slags black people off as well and that is okay because he understands that is coming from a from a place of pain. Mm. He was making place- the point though that some some black comedians slag white people yeah and and that time. is fine because white people have not been slaves white people are never being treated uh, in a racist way like like black people are so that is okay we can laugh at that but if you're a black person who's been suffering and whose parents have been suffering. Uh, I have a friend here who is black who was stopped by the police in his car on the car park of a school. His car searched for drugs in front of his six-year-old daughter. Well, if you're one of those people, you don't find those jokes 
told by white people fully at all. Yeah. You know, and it shouldn't happen. It should not happen. It's just very simple. Let, let me and ask you about that. I went through the timeline, uh, Rose, and then I go mm. through it again just in case you missed it. So after after Emer complained about the joke and left mm. the concert, mm. Tommy contacted her by email initially. Yeah. And this yeah. is her account of what happened. He He contacted her. They exchanged email. Then they spoke on the phone for what she says was nearly an hour. She said in an interview subsequently, it was a very impressive conversation. She thought mm-hmm. he was an incredibly nice man, that mm-hmm. he'd actually listened to the discussion and that yeah. he said he would remove the gag from his set, which he's done. Excellent. He yeah. then on subsequent shows explains that he's not doing the gag and I think has, I haven't been in, at Vicker Street, but he is addressing it on stage at Vicker Street. Yeah, and but, I think that's that's great. Yeah, you know. but Emer went on the Clareborne show then, mm. and she, I think she wants him to go further. Well, you see, the thing is now, and and I can understand why she's saying that because this went on Twitter, as you know, this went on social media, and so a lot of people have seen this, white people as well as black people, and people have been hurt. So he could just stand up and say to the black community that he apologizes and you know that would be the end of that I think Should, uh, should he? I, I thought something he should do if, mm. if I was advising him if I was his communications advisor mm. I'd be saying Tommy would you write into your show or say something about the way herself and others because uh, Emma Danbury got an awful dose of it at the weekend and I think someone turned on Denise Chyla as well mm. Tell your influential person with a huge audience and enormous fan base, would you ever tell the trolls to stop? Yeah, I think he needs to do that. I think he needs to come out publicly, to be honest, you know, apologize and tell all the trolls that are there that they are not representing him. That's what he should be doing. You know, and because especially now, you know, the world, I don't know what happened in the last few months, but it's become really bad here um, with the right wings and with all the racists. I mean, I've been I've been threatened on Twitter and my daughter's been threatened on a bus, okay. um, you know, after we posted a, a video in support of refugees. And, and that is just not acceptable. It should not happen, you know. And so if Tommy Tiernan sees that so many racist people are coming out and, and attacking Inner, then he should stand up and say, "No, you can't do this. You're not representing me." And and I think he was. He told her, I think something about you know uh, a middle-aged white man. What does he know? How? That, yes, feel? yes. And when when, and, when and, he sat back and thought about it, that's that's how yeah, he felt. Exactly. Yeah. And that is that is about unconscious bias. It's something that you discovering yourself and I, I recognize it because it happened to me many many years ago you know because mm. I worked a lot with with uh, the black community and I came from a, a family that used to tell jokes uh, about black people and stuff like that I don't find them funny anymore and I would never do it again and I think he's reached that point now and everyone should be able to reach that point but it seems to be difficult <laughs> yeah. unfortunately if, if you've mm. ever attended his show I don't know if you have I've seen him three or four times I, mm. I, I, I confess I I'm a big fan. I love what he does. Yeah, but yeah. his show is a relentless series mm. of just jokes. Everything is at somebody's expense, but it's mm. done so well mm. that we're like, this is Tommy. He's merciless about the church. He's merciless about mm. many, many other things. Tommy gives it both barrels. So That's do fine. do yeah. we start 
do we start mm. giving Tommy and others a list of who you can't talk about? Well, it's just, it should be general knowledge, not to become racist in your show. And those people talking about nuns and penguins, that's the dress of the nuns. It's not the nuns themselves, you know. It's yeah. not about their white skin or it's not about their blue eyes or anything like that. Because um, Emer said she found she that particular line funny. Sorry? Emer said in her original yeah, comment, yeah, she said well, she found that particular line quite funny. Yeah, it's just about the way these people were dressed. You know, there are very few nuns that are still dressed like that anyway. But, um, and, and I'm sure he's very funny. I don't, you know, I don't watch television in my house, so I don't know him very well, but I've read about him. And he seems to be a very funny man. And I'm really happy that he discovered that uh, he should probably have listened to his daughter, that he's learned a lesson, and that's fine. And I think Imre has accepted that as well. But now, because of social media and because this has taken such a turn, he should really make an effort and stand up and tell them all to shut up and that uh, that uh, he apologizes. You know, it's okay. very simple. All right. That's what I think. All right. Rose, thank you. Good talking to you. Rose Demo of Recruit Refugees Ireland. I don't know where you stand on this. I, I do know the joke. I've heard Tommy tell the joke in the show, or I, when, he, when it was in the show, he's taken it out of the show. And certainly some of the stuff that I have read in response to Emer O'Neill has been appalling. Some of it has been just plain disgusting. So should Tommy in the position of influence he's in, stand up on Vicar St- at, on the stage at Vicar Street, or and his television show is pre-recorded that's going out at the moment, so he's got no control over the content of that. But should he use an opportunity the next time he's on television, or should he reach out to some one of his friends in television, and he has many, and look for an opportunity, for example, to address it? Should he, should he go on the late late? And address it that way and say, look, lay off. It happened. We talked. I apologized. It's out of the set. Now lay off. Should he do something? I don't know. I would, if I was his communication advisor, I really wouldn't have a clue what to say. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Rose. 0818 96 Margaret, morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What would you like to say? No, I'm just saying there, just to make a point. I mean, as I was saying to Emer, the Irish people for years and years have been the butt of every comedian, I'd say, in the world for jokes and things. And I do feel sorry that she felt the way that Tommy had uh, addressed his joke, but he apologised and he's taken it off his his, uh, menu, as I call it. But... um, I, and I'm very sorry that she's been trolled and whatever. Like, I mean, I don't totally agree with that. But, I mean, it, it, it was out there. It, it, it was a joke. He didn't mean, you know, you know the way Tommy goes. Like, I mean, he'll just say off his, the cuff. Like, I mean, he's the butt of everybody would be the butt of his jokes as well. But yeah, I no, mean, no one is spared in his act. And that I think that's not. one of his attractions. Nobody's spared. It is. Yeah, that's very, very true. Even the Irish, like, I mean, he, he jokes about ourselves no matter what, like, everything, everything. So, I mean, she knew uh, the kind of a character that she was going in to watch, you yeah. know, and listen to. So that's just my opinion on it. Like, I mean, as I said, the Irish, and we're not complaining. I don't believe we ever complained about all the different jokes that have been down through the years 
about the Irish people and you know and there have been some queer ones and nasty ones as you know yeah but um you know, I but Ro- Rosa's response to that would be, Margaret, well, we were never forced into slavery. We were never, you know, we never suffered like, like the black people did. No, but it, take that then. Like, I mean, right, it, when our people emigrated, I mean, it, they worked for practically nothing. They never got any help anywhere, you know. And, I mean, they had to work. And, and when they went to England and America, like, I mean, there was, you know, they, they had to work for everything that they, they got, you know, yeah. and I feel right. I know, but sure, that's going back. That, that's taking it really a bit too far in slavery and things. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into any of that. But I mean, it's, yeah. it's not right. I mean, it's a joke. He's taken it down. Yes. Maybe he should have thought better about it before he. Actually well, he said it, didn't mouth. he? In the course of the show that night, he said his daughter told him not to tell the joke. And I'm trying to recall. I'm racking my brains as to whether, and maybe if someone was at the marquee that has a better memory than I have can remember whether he said that before he told the joke at the marquee I can't actually remember but should he maybe Margaret take one step further and go on some show and say or make a statement or something and say look to the trolls back off oh definitely definitely be 100% 100% behind her there like that's not right that a hundred percent, that isn't right. That she shouldn't be trolled, and I really and truly like. I mean, that is just a disgrace. Yeah. A disgrace. Nobody should be trolled for making a comment. And I mean, I'm afraid that's the society we're living in at the moment. If you just pass a comment, and if it goes up on Facebook or anything like that, you are you you're in trouble with with the likes of these other people that are doing these things. You know, they have nothing better else to do. Yeah. To be quite honest with you, I totally and I, my heart goes out to her for that. And I mean, definitely, she shouldn't. That shouldn't be happening. And be quite honest with you, I think they should hand it over to the guards for those people that are being tro- that are trolling her. You know, yeah. because that is an infringement of her rights as well. Yeah, and you know? Tommy is a very influential and strong voice. And if he were to do that for her, that could put an end well, to it. If, if, yeah, exactly, right. exactly. So that's my comment on, and I hope he does. And I'd say he probably will. You know, because um, I, I, I would hope that he would be the better person and get up and and make a well, statement. Well, and you know, one one thing we've learned from his talk show, Margaret, is and, and it's the beauty of his talk show is he's a man who listens. He's a man who listens and, and listens well, and that's the gift of why his talk show is so good. Uh, Siobhan, morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What do you want to say about? Good. I, I was just a bit offended. Um, no, no, does, it doesn't mean I'm right because I agree with what that that man said. That's a very good point. But when you said to um, or someone when she said like it's when black people is like white people, well that's okay because they haven't been slaves. But like in my history, I know from learning in school, did we not go to even get jobs when we came off the boat? We were like there were people thrown out and they, because they were Irish, they were treated differently. So yeah, like you can't choose. I just thought it was very. I just got a bit insulted by it because. You know, whether they're black or white, it's a commu- And I love Tommy Dear and I've been to see him loads. But I just don't think it's fair to say, well, because they're white, they're okay to be slagged because they weren't slaved. I just thought it was a very offensive thing to say. Like, you know, it's not okay to slag white people because they weren't being slaved. Like, you know, in history, if you go back, it, it just, I just thought it was a very unfair comment or yeah. unfair fair thing to say. You can't say that it's okay to slag white people because they're white. You know, that's racist. Is that not being a bit racist? Yeah. Well, I know? think Rose's argument was that... The, what in general, and use those words in general, white people have not suffered the indignity and and the racism and the mistreatment that black people I, have. And I, and I yeah, and I understand that, and I completely understand that. But 
you know, it's kind of like what the man was saying, that fella that was out, he was very good as well. Is that, oh. Are we going down the road of there where everything's going to offend us? And you, like you said, are we going to give a list of who we're going to allow to offend? Because people have, in history have suffered, yeah. you know, not um, probably not as bad as the, the core of people or whatever, or, you know, you, but like people still have suffered and you can't say you can't like someone because they haven't suffered as much. You know, everyone suffers in their own way. Everyone suffers in their own life, you know, and you, you can't say, well, that majority suffered a lot more than us, so they can't be slagged. It just seems a bit, is that, like, is your mindset, is that the roof going down, you know? Mm. Like, you know, that's the way I felt. I just thought it was very unfair. You, you, you've been to see Tommy a few times, have you? Oh, I love Tommy. I'm yeah. a big fan. Love him. Love and, him. And, and, and whenever we get married to a man, it'd be Tommy Tiernan. And I've never got offended by anything he's ever said. Yeah. But I can understand why he can offend people. But then I guess what the man was saying, like, you can, you know, you can't just, like, or like you said, give a list to people you can offend. We all, like, you know, okay, people have suffered a lot more than others, mm. but you can't say you can slag white people because they haven't suffered or because they haven't been saved. I just think it's a bit of a ridiculous... And if I was to observe Tommy as, as a comic, and I've seen him three times, I would say that the, the group of people who comes off worst in his show, in other words, get the sharpest end of his tongue, are the Irish themselves. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, so that's why, I was, and then that's why that that kind of a point offended me, doesn't mean I'm right, because I think that's a great way to put it, and that's what people, you know, it's a good way to put it, but I still think you can't say, you know, he he offends the, the travellers, but like, so we do, we say to him, we can't offend the travellers in Ireland, because they've gone through a tough time, the travellers haven't had it easy in Ireland, they've had it a tough time, you know, so because of their history, when I was outside, because they suffered, we just I thought when the comment was, or when it was said, I was just surprised no one said, well, hang on a minute, you can't say because the Irish didn't suffer that they, they're okay, or white people are okay to say because they didn't suffer. Like, that's, is that not a bit racist? Like, yeah. right, like he said, we're going down a hole where everything is said is racist, and we're going to give a list to who we can slag and who we can't slag, you know. To, yeah. Or we can, you know, comedians are meant to be funny. The, as he, the, the, like, Tommy Tiernan is absolutely brilliant. Like, I, you know, I take no offense to anything that man says because that's his act. That's, Yes. You know, he's a comedian. And I understand that people get offended. And I understand, you know, the, the trolling is out of control. But that's just a society. Now, there's the thing, Siobhan. Should Tommy use whatever influence he has, and he has a lot, to, to, to call off the trolls and tell them to get back in their <laughs> box? Because there's no, there's no better man to tell you get back in your box, like... Yes, there is, but I just don't think you can expect Tommy Tiernan to control people behind the computer. Like, he can, I think he should, if he wants to apologise, and it would make um, herself feel better, and it would help the trolling stop a bit, but I don't think you can expect a man just to come on uh, live TV and stop the trolling. Unfortunately, we're in a generation where that's the way it is. Like, you know, even in a general life, when you go to school, you have kids now that are doing it, you know, so we're in a generation where, unfortunately... We can hide behind the computer and do it, and nobody can stop us. Can you influence people to stop doing it somehow? Maybe it might help some bit, but you can't control. Okay. It's the generation where, unfortunately, we don't. We, that's what we do. Yeah. We don't talk plus, to people anymore. Well, we go on and it's like, yeah. you plus, know. Plus the fact that useful and all as it can be, and it is, yeah. Twitter is also a cesspit. And, and and Facebook ain't far behind it sometimes. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. You, yeah it's, it's it's a fair point. Siobhan, thank you. And Margaret, thank you before that. 0818 PJ, this is a ridiculous story about Tommy's joke. People can't possibly get offended for something that doesn't relate to them. Shocking carry-on. I mean, you can't say boo these days without somebody getting offended. Well, there's the thing, too. Getting offended because something that was said you felt personally offended by, that's your right. No one's going to ever take that right from you. If I say something here in the morning 
and it offends a person listening, that's their right to take offence to what I say. But to take offence on behalf of someone when you've no skin in the game, then I do have a bit of a difficulty with that element of it. 0818 96 96 96. But Alex then says, when you're joking about the rich, the church or the government, you're punching up, not punching down, which is another way of looking at it. Cork's 96FM loves Irish music. As part of Irish Music Month this March on independent radio across Ireland, we want you to take part in our local hero talent search. If you're in a band or solo artist, you could be featured live on Cork's 96FM. It's your chance to win an overall €10,000 prize fund. Get your record released and have your music played on 25 independent radio stations across Ireland. For full details, see 96FM.ie. Irish Music Month. This March, proudly supported by Hot Press, IBI and the BAI Sound and Vision Fund on Cork's 96FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96FM.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. Now, going to the Oscars. In fact, they should probably host them in the City Hall because the are somewhere like that. Three Arena, somewhere. Maybe set the marquee up for a special night to host the, the, the Oscars because there's just so much Irish joy yesterday at the announcement of the nominations. Here are the nominees for performance by an actress in a supporting role. Kerry Condon in The Banshees of Inisherin. Here are the nominees for performance by an actor in a supporting role. Brendan Gleeson in The Banshees of Inisherin. Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway. Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans. Barry Keoghan in The Banshees of Inisherin. Here are the nominees for performance by an actor in a leading role. Colin Farrell in The Banshees of Inisherin. Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Paul Meskel in After Sun. Achievement in directing, and the nominees are Martin McDonough, the Banshees of Inisherin. Here are the nominees for Best Motion Picture of the Year. The Banshees of Inisherin, Graham Broadbent, Pete Chernin, and Martin McDonough, producers. And the other one was the international movies, uh, the nomination of on Colleen Q, and more about that in a sec. Crossy, what a day. Morning. 14, 14 nominations. Like, what in the name of God? This is absolutely brilliant for Ireland. It's never happened before. And you know what? There's always those ad blockers that you're not able to watch it live. There has to be something legally that everyone can stay up to watch the Oscars on the 12th of March. Like, there has to be something. Like, at this stage now, surely RT or someone will say, can we stream it live the way it's streamed live over in America? Because we probably won't get to see it properly until the following day. 
what's what's always what strikes me is of of all of them, the one that jumps out at me is the two supporting actors out of five for the one movie. Yeah, it's so it's so good, and it's the first time for both Brendan and Barry uh, to be nominated as well, which is which is brilliant. And um, I'm in the Oscars media site, and we get loads of tidbits and you know, like loads of little pieces of information. And usually, when you're you know you're marking off the Irish bits, you don't really have that much yellow markers. You'd want to see the sheets in front of me today. It's yellow, yellow, yellow. There's so much. It's just it's just amazing. Have you watched it yet? No, I haven't. Believe it you or need not, to, you need to before you need to before I, it's before it starts, so we can because it is. It's just a beautiful piece of TV. I said to the I said to the missus, we have to watch it. So the plan is now Friday night. The Chinese is coming, and we're going to watch it because it it, it seems to be such a special special movie. Um, Paul Paul Meskel. I mean, he's only tw- only twenty six. I haven't. Have you seen After Sun? I've seen After Sun. Yeah, it's mad. I was trying to tell someone earlier on when you were watching Normal People, he was the kid in Normal People. In this movie, he is the dad. So, uh, and I heard him talk about it before. He said he actually got very emotional watching the movie. It's a bit heavy bananas, but it's one of those movies, you know, that will probably last the test of time and it'll probably come up in a a leaving cert exam in the next couple of days. Uh, It's such a lovely movie. Uh, it's just out of the cinema, so I, it won't be too long before you'll be able to watch it, mm. to be able to watch it online. But for him to go from a Denny's ad five years ago, right. where he's saying Bally Harness, to <laughs> walking the Oscars, being friends with An- Angelina Jolie, it's, again, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of grawl, there's a lot of, you know, people are proud over everyone over over the last 24 hours. I, I think everyone who's in the, the, the showbiz circuit, like yourself, you knew... Banshees would do well, but you never knew it would do that well. No, definitely not. And it always happens, you know, beforehand where people are going, oh, there's going to be so many nominations. And then it just doesn't happen. And it's happened for so many years. I think the the Golden Globes was a good a good test to show that, you know, there it, it is worthy of awards. Whether it's going to win a ton of awards when the Oscars come around, you know, Nobody knows. I do hope Barry wins. I think, you know, Barry's an incredible actor. He's been through so much. And to see him, you know, conquer everything and then get to the Oscars will be so good, especially for Colin as well. I know in Dublin, there is a hurling team in Dublin in Castlenock, St. Bridget's, are currently looking for photographs because apparently he played hurling in the under 14s and won (laughs) won a final back in the 90s. And they're they're on the lookout for these photographs. So when you get the, you know, the, the kind of the Irish stories, off the back of this, it's always great. Even Paul Meskell's sister, Nell, was tweeting yesterday yeah. and posted up a, a, a photograph of the whole lot of them on a video call. And just the ecstaticness and the mm. happiness and the just going, this doesn't normally happen, which makes it even better. From the Denny ad to the Oscars, that, 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 that's a good... <laughs> now, lastly, can we come to on Colleen Kewen? Because this was one of the... Probably the big story of the day. This is huge. This is the first time an Irish... Like, Oskelga, a movie, uh, has been nominated for something like this. Colin Barade is in it. Uh, it's a beautiful story. Carrie Crowley's in it. And uh, people may forget that Carrie Crowley, when I was a kid, when I was in the 90s, watching television, watching The Den, Carrie Crowley was on the Morbegs. Remember the Morbegs? <laughs> I, <do>. the- <laughs> I, I met Carrie at a Eurovision Song Contest in the, in the 90s. So, you know, she's, she's great. 
She's fabulous. Oh, she's brilliant. I actually, do you know what? I swim in Sea Point in Dublin most days, and I do see her there, and it's mad. I heard her voice one day, and I was like, that's Carrie Crowley. And I turned around, and she's just an amazing, amazing person. I hope all of Uncalling Kuhn, the quiet girl, is what they're calling it all around the world. They're not doing it by the Irish name. I hope the whole lot of them get to go to the Oscars. Uh, you saw last night in the 6 1 that um, they were in the Stella Cinema all waiting. And thank God they were nominated because there was about 100 of them there. And the roaring and the cheers, it's like loud winning in all Ireland. There's will never happen. There's, a, there's <laughs> a, a, an inside secret, Crossy, if you can share it. Do they get any idea that they're up for nomination? I don't think so. I don't think so. A friend of mine goes every year and says they don't. There might be, you know, if if there's a lot of talk around town, it's one of those things where they'll send a camera crew out there just on the off chance. So yeah, or team or were ahead of the game yesterday, and they were they, they got the cheers and the roars. But we sure social media, we all see it as well. Now, just to let you know that there are about forty cinemas around Ireland that have Uncalling Kuhn in the cinema still and I would presume a lot more are going to follow suit so that's something you know to watch mm. it's only an hour and a half the movie as well it's beautiful it's in Irish the subtitles but it's just great it's just great to see okay all right and will you will you now with with all of this Irish involvement are you on to the bosses to let you go so here we had a little conversation and I know he listens to the show we had a little conversation because I'm going to the BAFTAs because, again, there's so many Irish people involved. I'm thinking about wearing a green tux to the BAFTAs. And I was like, what's the chances? And I was told politely to get out of the office. So <laughs> that won't be happening. A Go nice again. little jolly over Go in America. Again. Can you imagine? <laughs> Try again. Crossy, great. Now, of the, of the nominations for Banshees, is there anything nailed on, do you think? Lastly. I think Colin. I think Colin Farrell. Would you? Definitely. I would say Barry has a massive chance. Uh, best movie, I don't know. See, the Fablemans is doing the rounds everywhere. Everyone respects um, Spielberg so uh, much. Steven Spielberg, yeah, so much that I think that, that could tip it. I would love to see Kerry Condon winning for the Best Supporting Actress. She's up against Angela Bassett, who's in Black Panther. She was in, remember, What's Love Got to Do With It back in the day, the I Tina Turner. I saw Black Panther recently. I wasn't too impressed with it, to be honest with you. I, either was I. Either was I. I love Angela Bassett, but I'd love to see Kerry Condon, Kerry Condon do it. Here's one for you, a little madam that you could do in a quiz once, anytime. So Kerry Condon and Colin Farrell are starring in The Banshees of Nigerian. But if you remember back in the day in intermission, Colin Farrell jumps over a shop and uh, decks a girl. Yeah. That girl, Kerry Condon. Go on away. Isn't that mad that they, they're now working, what, 20 years later after intermission? Fabulous. And uh, now they're doing it together. So fingers crossed. Look, they're, they're up for so much. There's also, Before I let you go, there's also actually other um, Irish acts because there's 14 there's people together. An animator together, with, the, with Avatar, isn't there? There's an, av- an, an with animator. With Avatar, yeah. Richard Benahim, his name is. And you've also got an Irish editor called Jonathan Redmond, best editing for his work in Elvis as well. So no matter where you go in the world, there's always an Irish wow. person, you know, in and around somewhere that's helping it out. So it's who, great to see. Who would you think, Crossy, lastly and briefly, who would you think is the most decorated Irish person in the history of the Oscars? Well, this is brilliant because there's a lot of history to this. The man's name is Cedric Gibbons. Uh, he's long <laughs> gone now, right? Yeah. But can I tell you a little mad story about him? Go on. He designed the actual Oscar trophy. Did he now? So an Irish fella. So an Irish fella 
had his hand on the Irish Oscar on the Oscars. Yeah, it's not brilliant. He was a set d- designer, an art director, and he won. He won ten Oscars for his it's work. It's brilliant. Set direction. It's all. It's always stuff like that. You know, when you when you see stories like that, you're going the heritage of where Irish people have left back in the day. Uh, he died back in 1960, but his name is, you know, when it comes to the Oscars, people in the business know who this man is. So it's fantastic to see. It, right. it really is. All right, good talking to you, Crossy. We'll talk again. They're presented in March. Uh, the Oscars. What an, a day for the Irish at nomination day. Yeah, Cedric Gibbons won 10 Oscars. George Bernard Shaw won an Oscar. Yes, he did. He won an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. Barry Fitzgerald won Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor for Going My Way. That was in the 40s. Michelle Burke won an Oscar, two Oscars actually, for Makeup in uh, Quest for Fire and Dracula. Someone called Josie McCavan. No, I never heard of her either. Best Art Direction for Out of Africa. Everyone thought the most decorated Irish person was Daniel Day-Lewis. Three Best Actor Oscars, My Left Foot, There Will Be Blood, and Lincoln, My Left Foot, a masterpiece. I loved Lincoln. I wasn't too gone on There Will Be Blood. Brenda Fricker won Best Supporting Actress from My Left Foot. Neil Jordan, screenplay for The Crying Game. Peter O'Toole, a Lifetime Achievement Award. Corrine Maronin, another Irish person. I don't know who she was, but she produced a documentary which won an Oscar. Martin McDonough, we know about. Glenn Hansard, one for the song. Uh, Once, was that great song? Richard Bainham, uh, uh, he won with Avatar and he's nominated again for Avatar. And uh, the Terry and Ood and Urla George from Belfast won for a short film. And of course, the great Maureen O'Hara won a Lifetime Achievement Award. We've done very well. We look like having our best night ever. Did somebody mention the Denny ad? This is where Paul, Paul Meskel is nominated for an Oscar at the age of 26. Here's where he started. I read this morning that Henry Denny invented the rasher and his sons travelled the world to teach people how to cure bacon. Well, I always wanted to do a bit of travel myself. That's it. I'm going to travel. Dad, grab that glove. Spin it. It's a good place. Bally. Harness. Bally Harness. Seize the Denny. From humble beginnings to nominated for an Oscar. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. All right, hopefully we'll get them lines fixed for tomorrow. We'll do another qualifier. And uh, of course, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Simon, we'll have one this afternoon. 0818 96 96 96. Back to Tommy Tiernan and where listeners stand on the whole situation between Tommy Tiernan and Emer O'Neill. Michael, morning. Uh, good morning, PJ. How are you doing? Good. What do you want to say, sir? Um, I suppose I was coming in maybe from uh, a different angle. Uh, I was kind of saying that people on, on Twitter for some reason just, or, or even in general, just can't seem to have... Uh, a discussion or, or a debate uh, without some people just completely losing the rag. Yes. Um, I had an incident on, on Twitter the other night. Now, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. 
I like using I like using Twitter and I like, I like having conversations with people and particularly with people I mightn't have the same viewpoint as because in my opinion that's how you learn stuff. Um but but I I was just kind of responding to a tweet just about um um, just just a case that's that's going on in, in Cork at the moment, and I, I kind of said, look, I'm not comfortable talking about it, yeah. and I, I don't know if if they showed you the things that I was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it was just incredible, and now I'm laughing at it, but for somebody else, you know, they, they might get upset, and you know, it's it's hard to believe. My whole thing is. If you were in public, say you were in a bar or a cafe and you were having a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden, like flicking a switch, they started calling you all those names. Mm. I'd, be, I'd be seriously concerned about that person. Yeah. And I, I, I don't see why Twitter is any different. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the name calling was was just incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm like you. I and My wife kills me for I love a good argument. Like I, yeah. like I tweeted last night about Enoch Bork and, and this guy came back at me and we had a little bit of an exchange and mm. in the end of which I said I'm, the only reason I'm replying to is I'm hoping it'll start to make sense eventually yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he went away <laughs> yes yeah yeah and look I mean a lot of times if if if, if I you know if I think it's going nowhere and there's no, nothing positive in the conversation I just very um uh, mannerly, just say, look, it's been good, chat- good chatting to you. You know, have yeah. a great evening, and yeah. just leave it at that. And that's fine. That's because you can't agree with everybody you come across. And if they get nasty, you just block them. Simple as that. But you're like, right. I don't. I don't even block people. I really don't. I just don't. I, I have no interest in blocking people. I'll engage with people. I treat Twitter like I treat life. Yeah. I'll engage with people if I want to. It's I've control, so I can decide whether I can. I need to, you know, engage with them or not. Yeah. Bring, bring it back um, to the matter at hand, Michael. Just on the subject. Yeah. of what happened between Emer and Tommy and look I yeah. wasn't witness to this telephone conversation they had but she says it went very well and they got on really oh. well and she was really impressed with him thinks he's a lovely man and I'm sure he is I've never met the man well very briefly but the point that I was raising with our, with our callers was the trolling that she's yeah. getting and the trolling that Denise Chalice seems to be getting and Emma Dabry and other Irish women of colour are getting because of this that needs to stop of course, of course. I don't know what it is, and unfortunately, it's it's a tiny section of the the population. But the the pr- bigger problem is, is that tiny section makes the most noise. Um, unfortunately, and and any time I see something like that, I'm always making my business to tweet uh, the person they're trolling and and just remind them this isn't the view of most Irish people. Um, it's I don't know. I I think people like that are just afraid. They're afraid of change. They're they're ignorant of facts. Um, and they're just afraid of change. And instead of engaging and, and maybe um, expressing their fear... Just disagree by all means. We're all allowed to disagree with each other, but just keep a civil tone yeah. in your head. Or, or ask questions. The best, the best way to find facts is ask questions. You know, it's a, I just think as soon as you start name-calling, you, you've just lost... You You've have, just lost. You've absolutely lost. Michael, thank you very much for that. To Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi, PJ. Your thoughts I'm a total are... Tommy Ternan fan. Yeah. I hate Ricky Gervais. I hope that's okay with the word. Oh, well, here's the thing. I, I don't like Ricky Gervais' television shows. I think The Office is the most stupid thing I ever sat through. But I love him as a stand-up. But that's just me. Yeah. I've been to um, Tommy Tiernan and friends have left because yeah. they found him so offensive. And that's just the way it is. 
Do you mm. know what I mean? It's humour. I thought it was funny. They didn't. Yeah. And I have an East German husband, so culturally we clash all the time. Mm-hmm. This happens. Things happen over there and I'm like, God, you'd never say that in Ireland, you know? But if I was to kind of take offence, I'd never go anywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What? And I'm an outsider. So I got a job one time and they said, oh, you don't sound like an outsider. I was like, Really? Thank you, I think. What did the rest I of us know. sound like? <laughs> I was like, bloody hell, like, you know, so I mean, you really have but, to... Yeah, and um, did you take offence to that? No, I just thought it was the weirdest thing I ever heard because <laughs> I thought they sounded like they were from up the top of a mountain, you know, and I didn't say anything. I was just like, God, yeah. you know, but these things happen to all of us, you know what I mean? And we all have history. I mean, when Mark was 40, I wanted to get German balloons. And his friends were like, oh, you can't because our country doesn't exist anymore. And I was like, really build a bridge because our flag came from France. You know what I mean? We haven't always had this flag. So f- oh, sorry. Oh, easy, easy, easy. Buzz easy. off, you know, <laughs> don't be taking everything to heart. Like, buzz <laughs> off, sorry. You're but all you know, right, it, does, it, it shows you're relaxed, which is nice. Yeah, it just, it's so annoying, like every little nitpick. Yeah. And I mean, Tommy Tiernan visits everything. That's right. Everything. That's the one thing. As I said, I've seen him three or four times. And one thing I would, I would, and I brought my daughter to see him, and she said the very same thing after. She said, "Dad, no one gets off. Nobody, Nobody. gets a free ticket or a no, free pass at times." That's the way it should be. It's humor. If you yeah. don't like it, leave. You know, and you know, have your opinion. And if you share it with the world, yeah. get ready for them to share theirs back with you. Like Emer has a right to be offended if she is offended. She has a right to be offended, correct? Indeed, yeah. Yeah, she has a right to be offended. But But if she does, you know, put that online or out there, you know, then everybody else has the right to their opinion too. And I'm not uh, backing the trolls on that now because they're just scum, you know, but we all don't have to agree all the time, but we must get along. Isn't that? And there's the thing that we try, I don't know, if you have your kids? No, okay. my daughter oh. passed away. And you know oh, what? So sorry, Tommy Lisa. talks about suicide in his sketch. And it was the one and only time I actually, I did laugh, you know, and I knew I'm, I have been affected personally. But, you know, he talks about his friends who are always okay and you give them a few drinks and suddenly, you know, everything is bad in the world. And then something happens, you know, and, you're, and everyone's like, geez, that was a surprise. And he's like, well, no, I actually wasn't surprised, you know. And that's a tough one if someone has someone in their life, you know, who has committed suicide. But for me, it was kind of voicing something that does happen yes, in re- a way I, that people could listen without looking away. I you remember know? you now, actually. I remember you now, yeah. Lisa. We talked last summertime, and I think we're going to be using a clip of that again tomorrow yeah. on a different topic of conversation or returning to, to a conversation yeah. from earlier in the week. Um, yeah, But, like, I can take that as, you know, obviously my friends who were, you know, affected by it left Half of us stayed and half of us left. But at the end of the day, you know, I wasn't online saying to Tommy Tiernan, how dare you? Because he is voicing something that's yeah. happening. And it's hard. His, his own mom took her own life, we should remember. Yeah. So it's happening. You know what I mean? And and that's kind of the way I feel about humour, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's the only way to get the elephant out of the room, to make it funny, you know. It's it's funny that you should say that because if you if you go to support groups in particular uh, mm. and ever sit as an observer in a support group some of the humour in that room is very black 
and people very black, yeah. but they said that's how we get through it but that's how I get through things you know and not everyone's on board yeah. with that you know and that's totally fine say what you want about me you know what I mean that's your opinion and this is the point like we all have to have our own opinion and you know I'm sure if it was highlighted more about the history of Ireland and the famine and we starved to death and we were treated terribly you know what I mean we could kind of get on board that and say look this happened to us but we don't that's true that's very true you know we have a brand new flag and we don't you know say oh no we're using our old one we just someone has phoned up after you dropped mm-hmm. a certain bomb a couple of minutes ago, Sorry. for which no, you're totally forgiven. You're totally forgiven. <laughs> I um, pay the fine. I'll no, you're all right, girl. <laughs> no, no. Someone said. Someone said the word that the word that that lady used on air is in the Oxford English Dictionary. Why all the upset? You can use it in Scrabble. Oh, we're after starting another war now on God's sake. I used a lot worse than that. I'm sure. Lisa, <laughs> thank you very much for that. 0818 96 96 96. Your thoughts on Tommy Tiernan, Eamon O'Neill. I'm not using, some people are saying the verses, I'm not using that word. She took offence to something he said. They spoke at length. He's taken it out of the show. He's explained to his audience at Vicker Street, I understand, why he's taken it out of the show. It's a story that won't go away, possibly because people like me talking about it doesn't help either. But where do you stand? I'd like your thoughts. 0818 96 96 96. And you notice that thing. It is nice. And not only is it nice, it's very possible to have an enjoyable conversation about something that was, uh, shall we say, controversial. When we don't all get stuck in each other. Isn't that great? Isn't that nice? Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Bernie says the Irish have always been the butt of jokes as a people and individually. It's a national pastime. Slagging. You have to take into account the character of the nationality making the jokes. It's part of who we are. Kate says it's not a racist thing to say at all because it's common to compare anyone that you want to annoy or criticise. If you go down to Fota, you can see a lot of behaviour that would remind you of a lot of people you know of all colours yeah I won't tell the joke because it would get me slaughtered but look it up do you remember the one at Longo about why did Northsiders keep pigeons Padraig says that woman sounds like a legend up the Norries yeah. a lovely sensible lady on air says Moira thank you 0818 96 96 96 Premier League Live on 96fm.ie rather takes a break this weekend. Back February 4th, uh, powered by TalkSport. Trevor back on Saturday week with all the action from the Premier League. Live games, big match interviews, much more and guests aplenty. It's the Premier League Live online with Harvey Norman. Your home of the big screen returns the 4th February on the app at 96fm.ie. If you don't have the app yet, why don't you have the app Yet yeah, go into your app store to the uh, Apple store or to Google and look for the Corks 96FM app, download it, open it up and there is the button that will get you to Premier League Live of a Saturday afternoon. You can also go to 96FM.ie but you can take the app anywhere in the world to listen to Premier League Live at 96FM.ie. Live free in 23. Listen and win. Oh my God! 
to remember. Cut the cost of living for one loyal listener. With the ultimate live free grand prize. Win a holiday. Free fuel. Supermarket shopping. Computers and electrical. Concert tickets. Fashion and beauty. Free food. And a credit union account with cash. Spending money. Money. Listen to Casey and Ross in the morning and all day long. For your chance to text or WhatsApp in to win. To win. Live free in 23. With Cork Credit Unions. Here for you always. <laughs> Only on Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. Okay, we're going to return in just a minute to see where we stand with Andrew and Cian. You remember that Andrew contacted us this morning. He is dying of motor neuron disease. <clears throat> His partner, Cian, uh, is in Laos and he's trying to get Cian over here on a visa. But it's taking a lot of time and time that Andrew may not have. And he reached out to us and we had a long conversation at the start of the show. We... We'll update you on how things are going in a few minutes. But first, back to dogs. We spent a lot of the time last week talking about dogs after the inquest into the death of little Mia O'Connell, who was um, killed by a dashout cross, not even a restricted breed dog. And that inquest happened last week. And we had a long discussion on, on restricted dogs, on the keeping of dogs and, and all of that. Kaz, you wanted to get in on that particular conversation. Good morning. Hi, PJ. How's things? Um, can I just say before um, I talk about that, that Andrew's story had me absolutely a blubbering mess this <laughs> morning before I headed into um, a meeting that I had with a mum that I was working with this morning. I, I just wasn't in the better for it. So I hope that we managed to sort something out for him with me, Hall Martin or somebody, because that's just heartbreaking stuff. Um, yeah, no, sorry. Back to the dogs. Um I'm just of the opinion that um, restricting dog breeds to me just doesn't make sense. I can understand that people have worries about certain breeds. Like when I was growing up, it was all Rottweilers and German Shepherds and they were the big bad dogs and everybody was to stay away from them at the time. Um, Now, the dog that we have at the moment, um, we have another rescue. Um, We got her two years ago from a car in Tip and she's a cross between a Rottweiler, a German Shepherd a border collie and a greyhound. So she's a lunatic. We asked for a puppy, but they gave us a pony. Like she's huge. Um, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> like each leg is a different breed, Kaz. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, we got her DNA tested. She's Please tell lunatic. me you called she's her Heinz. We called her Mahambi, which is a Zulu warrior name because she almost died five times. And it means traveller are always on the go because we had to travel tip to get her and because she's a lunatic. <laughs> like she just doesn't stop. Um, <laughs> but like with rescues, it's hard to get a dog from rescues if you have kids, right? Mm. So, um, and like loads of people that I know have gone to breeders specifically because they wanted dogs for their kids. Now, we have two kids. This is my fifth dog. Uh, she was my first dog with small kids. So we lost our last dog two and a half years ago to cancer. It almost mm. destroyed us. We had her nearly 15 years. So we had the last dog before we had the kids. So now we had the kids before we had the dog. And I fully understand now why rescues don't give people with young children um dogs and um, they only gave us this dog because we have a history with rescues they know that we can handle it but mm. this dog nearly broke my heart in training the nipping the biting and it wasn't malicious it was just 
normal dog behavior and only for the fact that we went with now I'm quite confident in training dogs this dog broke me lost all my confidence I went to snout and about and they totally turned me around but what I think should happen with restrictive breed dogs is that rather than upping the dog license because now you're just making it unaffordable for people who are genuinely good to animals mm. um, what we should do is we should have mandatory dog training for people who want to own specific breeds because there's I'm living in Cove as you know Mm. there's a good few people in Cove who have pit bulls and staffies and there's a guy living behind us who has the most beautiful, I mean she is just divine pit bull called Veda and she is the sweetest kind, I mean like she's just an old dote, like I would trust her with a newborn, she is amazing there's another one living down the road called Jabba, like Jabba the Hutt Mm. sweetest, kindest puppy that you'd ever, just fabulous. It's, it's all in the rearing, Kaz, is what you're saying. It's all in the rearing. And these are people who understand the breeds that they have, who pay attention mm. and who train it appropriately. But that brings me like to a point. A it, brings me to, it brings me to a point about rescues that was made last week, with, and I think it was yeah. Vincent Cashman from the CSPA, CSPCA. CSPCA. A small risk that you have with a rescue, and you'll know this because you've taken, you've taken rescues on. You don't actually know why they were uh, given up in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's why training is so important. Like you have people now, people, see, if you're not, like I'm not hugely involved in rescues. Like I wouldn't be a known person in rescues. I just get rescue dogs. But if you talk to different rescues around the country, they are now doing... um, an awful lot of training in the handlers, like you have organisations like Snevton about going around and um, training people in rescues how to handle traumatised dogs. There's a girl in Bandon, um, Elizabeth, I can't remember her surname. She is an animal behaviourist. She deals with traumatised animals. So you don't know why you're getting, you don't know why this dog has been surrendered. Fine. You don't know if this dog has been abused. Fine. You need to take that on board. You're the person making the commitment like if you're taking a dog you're taking this dog for the rest of its life yes. so if you're not up to that commitment if you're not willing to do the training to deal with whatever issues that dog may have like you'll see in a shelter if a dog is kind of weary or frightened or whatever that to me means this dog needs a little bit of extra time yeah. a little bit of extra love just like if you meet somebody who's really defensive you know, that person has been through stuff. You need to be a little bit extra kind, a little bit extra, you, you know, sensitive to that person. So <clears throat> if you're getting a dog, this is the commitment that you make. It's not just, oh, that dog's cute. I like the look of that dog. Oh, no, I can't walk this dog off the leader. That dog jumps on people or this dog is nipping my ankles. Yes. Like that's expected behavior. They are animals and they will behave like, like, animals. like animals. And that yeah. is why you have to train them. So if you want to get a pit bull, if you want to get a staffy, if you want to get any of the beautiful dogs that are on the restricted breeds list, then off you go. But prove your commitment. Learn. Do a mandatory mm-hmm. training. Yeah, learn, Make sure learn that you get certified. Exactly, because every dog, like my last dog was half whippet and half retriever completely different personality to the absolute and utter lunatic yes. that I have now. Like the last dog was so chilled out she was horizontal. This <laughs> one is like the Duracell bunny. Do you know what I mean? Each dog has different needs. Yeah, they're, all, they're, 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 they're all different. Mm-hmm. Kaz, I, I'm going to leave it there for no reason other than time. Thank you. I need to return to Andrew's story before uh, we pack in today and, and see can we catch up with any developments that we've had since, since nine. Martin, you wanted to say something about this though. Morning. Uh, yeah, first of all, PJ, uh, just to tell you, you forgot one other Irishman who won an Oscar. Did I? 
No, you did. David Putman. Ah. Char- Chariots of Fire. Yes, Lord Putnam. He, well, he's an adopted Irishman. He lives here. He, Is he? Oh, no, he's, he, he, he got, got Irish nationality two years ago. Oh, did he? Or last year. Right. Yeah, himself S- and his wife. Stand to be educated. After, Thank you, Martin. After, I appreciate after that. 30, that. No, Andrew, get the more serious matters. Yes. The British are about to have an embassy in Laos. If he's his uh, partner gets onto the British Embassy, he could get easily, I'd say, easier than you get an Irish visa, holiday visa for Britain into Northern Ireland, just come over the border, well, there's no border there now, and get that marriage person to get get them married, and they can't send him back. So maybe um, come in through Britain? Yeah, through Northern Ireland. I see. In part of the UK. Yes. And... And, uh, yeah, get married. And by the time, I mean, the paperwork will be taken anyway. Poor Andrew, you know. They've got, um, they've, my, got, they've got most of their paperwork together, although I think from Andrew's Twitter, I see where Sian uh, has been asked to get some more and, and they're working on it and the translations and all that nonsense has <laughs> to be done as well. So. Oh, red tape. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, he could try that. He might get a British be able to walk into the embassy in Laos. And get a, a, a holiday visa there and then. That's that's worth thinking about. We're we're sending all available ideas that come in uh, Andrew's way. Martin, thank you for that. We're we're not leaving this one alone. We, that we just before we finish this morning, I want to return to Andrew's call at the start of the day. We will podcast the whole conversation for you to hear, um, but this. Andrew was diagnosed last year with motor neuron disease and he is already uh, using a wheelchair because his legs have gone. He fears that his arms may go next. The disease is progressing very quickly. Sian is in Laos and wants to come home. They want to be together. They wants to come to Ireland, want to be together. He can get a tourist visa, but the paperwork and the red tape and the delay involved... Andrew just doesn't have the time. Here's a reminder of our conversation from earlier this morning. What we will promise, though, is we'll make sure that Michal gets a copy of this interview. And we'll give him all of your details and we'll pass them straight to his office to see if there's anything that can be done. How would that be? PJ, I can't thank you enough, to be honest. I, I, I just really can't thank you enough. Could you, could you marry him? If, if he entered Ireland, could you marry him? Could he come here to get married? He could come here to get married. I'm not too sure if he can get married on a tourist visa. If he could come here tomorrow and I could marry him the following day, I would do that. I'd, I mean, the other thing I'm doing at the moment is I need to write my will and arrange power of attorney as well. I'd like to make sure that, that you know, my family, and seeing as my family, were looked after after I passed away. Um, if I could marry him, that's what I would do. You know, I want to make sure he's looked after and I want to look after him for whatever time I have left. I know, I know. You're, I, 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 I sense you're scared stiff, buddy, are you? I'm terrified. Um, like my parents are helping me look after me but they're 75 and 76 I have an amazing group of friends I'm very lucky with the friends I have but I want my partner by my side I know. while I face into this 
Besides seeing him and getting him over here, and as I said, we'll pass every shred of information that you can give us to, to Michal Martin personally. Um, we all know him well here. Um, and besides that, like, is there, a, is there anything else that you want to do that could be set up that you want to do before things get impossible for you? No. no, I want to. I want to. Well, well I still can, and I, you know, I want to bring scene around. I want to bring him down to Cork. My first time at Connacht here. It's a bit foggy at the moment now, but it looks beautiful as well. I want to show him Cove. You know, I want to bring him around Ireland and, and show him stuff as well. That, that's kind of all I want to. I want to I'm, I'm just focused on getting him over here um, and beside me as well. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky that I have plenty of other support as well. Um, but I, I don't want finding at the moment. Um, I would probably just like to call out the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association. Mm-hmm. They've just been an absolute thief fantastic organisation you know Annie and, and every support I need um, they've given me as well they've written me a fantastic letter as well outlining you know my case and their support for getting seen over you know to be with me and, and to provide me with you know emotional yeah. and, you know, and, and physical support I need there's, there's, a, good, um, there's just, a good friend of all of ours in this building um, broadcaster himself Jonathan Healy is, is on the board of that association um, and if any I, I, I hadn't I hadn't heard of them before, Peter, but to be honest, I, 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 they're just fantastic. They come out and see me as well. Anything I need, yeah. they're putting a hospital bed in my in my house um, while I'm away. They've given me wheelchairs and all, and they drop out to see me. I, I, I just, like, I, I suppose one, one thing I will say is when I was diagnosed, I told lots of people, I told friends, family, everybody else, everybody's first reaction is that devastated from my news. And the second question is, you know, what can we do? Whatever help you need, we're here to help you as well. Yeah. When I reached out to a number of politicians, where frankly, a lot of times I was ignored. And then when I did get a response back, the response back was, we're devastated for you, but here's what you need to do. And I just, I just am very surprised at that response. You know, if somebody reaches out to tell them you have a terminal illness, you know, I, I, I was expecting someone to come back to me and tell me, this is wrong. We're going to get this fixed and here's what we're going to do. Instead, I was told you need to go off and spend your time, your valuable time, going through this red tape and this this process. That's Andrew uh, telling his story. We will put up that full interview as a podcast almost immediately after the show and if you listen to the full show podcast you'll be able to get that around the usual time around uh, three o'clock. We're not going to make any promises to Andrew uh, except one that we'll pass everything on. We have in fact been in touch with former Taoiseach, now Tánaiste, and Foreign Affairs Minister with his office this morning and his people. He's away in Lebanon on business. Uh, he, we've been assured that details of the case will be on his desk as soon as he arrives back. We've also contacted Justice Minister Simon Harris. We've sent a copy of the interview out to all of our media contacts in Cork and across the country. Your response has blown us away. This story has really struck a chord this morning with the people of Cork. We've had calls, emails, texts, WhatsApps, voice notes in support of Andrew and CNN. The only promise we'll make at the end of it is we're not letting it go. We'll play any part that we can to make sure that Andrew and CN get to spend time together, that he gets to spend his final days with the love of his life. That's the only promise we make, is to do everything in our power.
That's it. Programme edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Thank you for joining the conversation in whatever way you did. We'll see you tomorrow just after nine. You could win a 100 euro penny shopping voucher. 100 euro? With Cork's 96 FM. All you have to do is take our 10 minute music survey. Tell us the tunes you'd listen to on repeat and what songs we should delete. Take the survey for your chance to win a 100 euro pennies voucher. Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or C96FM.ie. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.